Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Welcome to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you for the next two hours. And today we'll be speaking with all three of the Democrat mayor candidates running in the primary that is ongoing now. Primary day is Tuesday. Uh, At 10.30, we will step aside and talk to Congressman Brian Higgins about the news we got on Friday that the border, eh, the border closure into Canada will be extended to July 21st. Uh, The congressman, not a fan of that. I'm sure a lot of people hearing my voice, not a fan of that. So we will talk to him about what possibly is next. We heard all that promising talk uh, around the border possibly being open or allowing some vaccinated uh, Americans to go see family, to go see their property. Uh, But we will uh, be talking with the congressman at 1030. But kicking off our discussion with the candidates, this segment is Mayor Byron Brown, who is seeking his fifth mayoral term in Buffalo. Mayor Brown, good morning. Good morning, Joe. It's good to be with you and your listeners. And Mayor Brown, what made you want to uh, run for this fifth term? You know what, Joe, before that, I just want to uh, wish all of your listeners a very happy Father's Day. Uh, Fathers are so important in our lives and just want to wish all of the fathers and their families a great day today. And I will agree with that as well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, including you, uh, Mayor Brown. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. So what, what was it that made you, find, uh, made you want to go toward this fifth term? You know, it was imperative for me to run for a fifth term for the future of this community. We have come through the past 15 months, one of the most challenging times in the history of the city of Buffalo. It's been an extraordinary time with us facing a global pandemic, uh, with global protests to end systemic racism, and the economic fallout that so many people are experiencing and facing because of the pandemic. Experienced leadership is critically needed to get our community through the pandemic and to help us build back better and stronger than ever before. During the pandemic, I was able to manage the city extremely well, not laying off a single person, not raising taxes, 
and not cutting critical services to our community. In fact, even ramping up services, uh, providing uh, personal protective equipment uh, to so many people in our com community, uh, participating and organizing food drives uh, for members of our community, and organizing uh, COVID testing and vaccination for members of our community. So it was my duty, it was my responsibility. Uh, I felt it was critical for me to heed the calls of so many people throughout our community to run again to keep our city moving forward. Mayor Brown, I'm going to ask your challengers what it is that they wanted to run against you. What in your last four terms would you point to as your greatest accomplishment? Uh, you know, there have been so many accomplishments, it's hard to point to just one uh, record economic development, over $8 billion of development during my time as mayor, uh, jobs being created for residents across the city of Buffalo, uh, cutting the tax rate uh, during my time as mayor. The tax rate in the city of Buffalo now is less than it was before I even took office, and um, being able to bring the Northland Workforce Training Center uh, to our east side community, which is preparing uh, members of the community for jobs in advanced manufacturing. Hundreds of people will be trained every year. That is over a $150 million investment with 90% of the investment coming from the state of New York. I'm looking at uh, your uh, your challengers and looking at India Walton. She got the endorsement of the uh, Teachers Federation. Uh, what did you think about that endorsement and them going with India over your campaign? Um, you know, when you look at all of the unions, that's the only uh, union uh, that endorsed someone. Uh, part of what she uh, uh committed was that she would um, uh, impose a moratorium on um, school choice uh, and um, make it harder for parents uh, to make choices about what schools uh, they should go to. Uh, but my endorsements come from all of the nurses unions, uh, which I think is extremely telling since she touts the fact that she's a a nurse. I uh, was recently endorsed by the Buffalo Professional Firefighters Union, a, a union of men and women that have put their lives on the line every day uh, during the pandemic. Uh, that is a, a, a union that a few years ago entered into a contract with me to require all of their members to live in the city of, of Buffalo. Uh, which is critically important uh, to the future growth of our city, having some of the highest paid um, uh, members of the city's workforce that have voluntarily agreed to live in the city of Buffalo when they did not have to, to do that. Uh, we've been endorsed by uh, the AFL-CIO Central Labor Council uh, that represents all labor in Buffalo and Western New York. Uh, so I am proud of the overwhelming support 
that we are getting from the working men and women in this community. And uh, I am honored uh, to be the candidate that represents the interests of working men and women. You know, a a lot of campaigns uh, around the country are talking police reform this election season. Are you happy with the reform that has gone on at the uh, BPD? And do you see uh, more room for reform within the Buffalo Police Department? Uh, We have been making reforms to the Buffalo Police Department even prior to the horrible murder of George Floyd. Literally dozens of reforms training every officer to be a community police officer, um, uh, providing the funding to equip our officers with body cameras, something uh, that uh, was called for in this community and communities all across the country. Uh, Since the murder of uh, George Floyd, uh, banning uh, chokeholds, no-knock search warrants, um, uh, establishing the behavioral health team uh, of the Buffalo Police Department. Uh, The behavioral health team uh, uh, works with Endeavor Health Services uh, uh, and uh, the clinicians in that uh, health agency, uh, the social workers, the clinicians are the first line responders uh, with police. And since we established the uh, behavioral health team uh, in October of 2020, there have been 800 responses to mental health calls in the city of Buffalo successfully uh, with no incident, uh, with no arrests being able to divert those uh, individuals from the criminal justice system and helping people in our city who were dealing with mental health crisis. You know, Mayor Brown, I look at downtown Buffalo, and there is no doubt over the last decade um, how much that has grown and how much that has become a destination. Uh, But after the last 15 months, do you have faith that downtown Buffalo will get back to where it was pre-pandemic, if not better? Uh, Absolutely. Um, uh, Pre-pandemic, the city was scheduled to end the year with a $5 million surplus. Even during the pandemic last year, there was over $300 million of economic development projects uh, that went forward. Uh, $54 million of economic development projects that went forward on the east side of Buffalo alone. I am very confident uh, that post-pandemic, we are going to be able to return uh, to the kind of prosperity uh, that we were seeing in the city of Buffalo that I believe will have a positive effect on people living in every single city neighborhood, but not just the city, the entire uh, county of Erie and western New York. And when you look at just one uh, developer, Douglas Jamal and Douglas Development, uh, they continue uh, to redevelop Seneca One Tower, where M&T Bank uh, is locating its technology hub and will be bringing 1,500 technology jobs. Uh, Douglas Development uh, has purchased the old police headquarters at 74 Franklin and is converting that uh, to um, apartments. Uh, they are investing heavily 
in uh, the Statler, which they purchased from um, my friend, the late Mark Croce, and they have uh, bought the note on the Hyatt, and they plan to reopen uh, that hotel that is now shuttered as a Hyatt hotel again. So that's just the activity of one developer. Um, we are seeing development interests uh, across the state, across the nation, and internationally in the city of Buffalo. And that requires sound management. Uh, it requires um, uh, the relationships with the development community, uh, with elected officials at all levels uh, to keep development and job creation moving. So uh, even though this is a time of great challenge, uh, it is a time of great opportunity for the city of Buffalo, and people are making these investments because they have confidence in the city, they have confidence in the leadership of the city, and I'm very proud uh, that there is that kind of confidence in the leadership that we provide. Mayor Brown, I want to also talk about, uh, ask you about the Skyway, which has been in the media a, a lot over the last few months. Um, are you comfortable with a plan that would tear down the Skyway? Uh, I am comfortable looking at all of the major um, infrastructure projects that have been proposed for our city, and I am united with Congressman Brian Higgins, uh, Majority Leader of the State Assembly, Crystal People Stokes, and New York State Senator and Senate Transportation Chairman Tim Kennedy in fighting for the maximum amount of resources coming to Buffalo, Erie County, and Western New York. It is our responsibility to make sure that our community gets its fair share of federal and state resources. If we don't get our fair share, uh, the money is going to be spent at the federal level and the state level, and it will go to other communities. We're going to make sure in unified fashion, working with other elected officials representing this city and region, that our community gets its fair share of infrastructure spending, not only for major projects, uh, but for road repair, street repair, uh, sidewalk replacement, curb replacement, uh, broadband infrastructure, so every family has access to reliable internet, uh, making sure that we're able to purchase our street lighting system, convert our street lights uh, to LED, uh, which will reduce the cost of street lighting, make our street lighting brighter throughout the city of Buffalo. And then we want to continue the car-sharing Main Street project that has been so wildly successful for every uh, one public dollar invested in that project of reopening Main Street to vehicular traffic. There has been more than five dollars in private sector investment for every one public dollar. Uh, that project to complete it will be another $102 million. Uh, it will uh, create uh, hundreds uh, of new jobs in the city of Buffalo that will benefit people throughout our city and throughout the region. 
Mayor Byron Brown, before I let you go, is there anything you want to address uh, when it comes to the campaign before we uh, end our conversation today? Uh, just that uh, if people want to continue the, the progress, if they want to see um, a stronger, better, more inclusive city of Buffalo, I ask them uh, to cast their vote for me. I ask them to continue supporting me. We've just been able to secure $331 million from the federal government. $166 million of that is already in the city bank, bank account. We need experienced people to spend this money wisely, to spend it uh, properly. And a vote for uh, my opponents is a vote for no progress, no development, more crime, higher taxes, less jobs, and lower property values. Mayor Brian Brown, as always, I appreciate you joining me this morning. Thank you very much. That is Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. He is running in the Democrat primary against India Walton and LaCandice Durham. You will hear the two of them during the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, in the other order than how I said it, uh, LaCandice Durham will be joining us at 11 and India Walton will be joining us at 1130. Coming up next, we are talking to Congressman Brian Higgins about the extended closure of the U.S.-Canadian border. It is Hardline on WBEN. Welcome back. It is Hardline here on News. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shop overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Radio 930 WBEN, Joe Beamer with you until noon today. That's when Meet the Press will take over. And joining us this segment is Congressman Brian Higgins. Uh, if you have not heard, the uh, U.S.-Canadian border closed uh, through July 21st. Uh, that's bad news for a lot of people here in western New York that are waiting to see family, waiting to check on their property they haven't seen in over a year. And Congressman Brian Higgins is here to talk with us about that, or to us about that. Uh, Congressman Higgins, good morning. 
Good morning. Good to be with you. And Congressman Higgins, you know, a few weeks ago, it really sounded uh, like this was starting to move to where at least some people vaccinated were going to be able to get over the border. And then pretty quickly on Friday, we get the news that, no, that's not the case, uh, July 21st. So what happened? I don't know. I think there's a number of, of issues. Uh, there's some political issues in Canada. The province of Ontario is uh, uh, the provincial leader is a conservative by the name of Doug Ford. Uh, the prime minister of the country is a liberal by the name of, of uh, Justin Trudeau. Uh, there's some of that politics going on, but it's also the issue that Canada is not producing one dose of vaccine owing to issues relative to strict price controls on pharmaceuticals and uh, short duration on patents. So in essence, uh, the pharmaceutical industry has been driven literally out of uh, Canada. So they're lagging behind in vaccines. Um, I am still optimistic that before the end of uh, this month, we're going to have an announcement as to progress as it relates to opening up the border. Now, have you been in in touch with officials in Canada? I know President Biden spoke with Justin Trudeau at the uh, summit, uh, but have you been speaking? Have other members of Congress been speaking with representatives in Canada? Well, I have been speaking with uh, a number of members, uh, members of of, of, of Parliament in Canada, uh, also regional uh, mayors like Niagara Falls, Ontario, uh, and others, uh, all of whom believe that uh, an opening of the border is justified because you know, the, the, the science says that if you are fully vaccinated, that you have immunity uh, from getting COVID or from getting COVID. And that's what's changed. And, and it's the only thing that's changed uh, since last year when we were at the throes of this uh, this pandemic. Just think, think about this for a minute, Joe. Uh, last June 19th, 2020, there were 3,847 COVID deaths in America. Yesterday, June 19th, 2020, there were 198 COVID deaths in America. That's a 95% reduction over the past year. And it just underscores the potency of this vaccine as it relates to a powerful medicine against COVID, the disease. And that needs to be recognized. So whether it's 10% of your population or 50% of your population, those individuals who have been fully vaccinated pose uh, virtually no risk. Uh, to themselves or to others. And this is an incredible biomedical achievement uh, that was made by this country. Uh, The U.S. government invested about $18 billion in vaccine development last year. And the presumption was if they were successful, they could achieve 60% efficacy. Uh, These vaccines, as you know, are 85, 90, 95%. So even with the talk of variants and this Delta variant, uh, most public uh, public health officials believe that you have uh, uh, very potent protection against uh, COVID, uh, but also against uh, the variants uh, that are with us now and that may crop up uh, over time. I know we have sent vaccines to Canada. Is there discussions to send more vaccines from America to Canada as we have more uh, people vaccinated? The demand is less in this country. There, there are, and, and, and keep in mind, uh, you know, there are plenty of vaccines available for those that want to get vaccinated. Uh, some people just don't want to, and that's, you know, that's their business. Uh, but as a result, we have what's what we would refer to as surplus vaccines. In other words, vaccines that we have 
that will not be used and eventually, if they're not used, discarded as medical waste. So, yes, uh, to answer your question, I've been in direct contact with the White House several times. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, that our advocacy for moving more vaccines, uh, they sent a million Moderna uh, 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 doses to Canada uh, late last week. And I'm in constant contact with, with the White House just pushing this issue because when you look at two individuals that own property, let's say they're from Buffalo and they have a place at Bay Beach or Crystal Beach or Thunder Bay or anywhere along uh, you know, the Canadian shores of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, they being fully vaccinated, driving through the Peace Bridge to their property uh, poses you know, no risk. And I just don't understand why that is not viewed uh, as a very, very safe and reasonable exception. Same is true with families who have been uh, separated uh, for the past 16 months. If they are fully vaccinated and they can certify that they are, they should be able to reunite with their loved ones. And, and it, the thing that's galling about this is, you know, the National Hockey League was granted an exception two weeks ago uh, because of the playoff schedule. Now, that's arbitrary. That is not following science. That's not following the data. That's not following the facts. If you look at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website today, it says that if you are fully vaccinated, you know, you don't have to socially distance. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to quarantine. And that, again, just underscores the, 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 the potent medicine that this vaccine is um, for those who are, you know, who have immunity from getting COVID or getting COVID. Yeah, I have to say, I, I really thought when the Canadians started letting a small number of fans in their arena, uh, we were close to this, um, uh, to the border being open. Uh, Congressman Higgins, and I'm not sure you can, you know the answer to this, um, but you know, you have people that have been able to fly into Canada, but not go over the physical border. Uh, what was the rationale for that? I don't know, but it makes no sense. And, you know, <laughs> as you know, and all your listeners know, for 16 months, we've been told to follow the science, the data, and the facts. And when you do that, and then you look at uh, the policy as it relates to the border, it makes absolutely no sense. It's all arbitrary. Keep in mind, uh, a thousand people every day are, are, are crossing the Peace Bridge, uh, the so-called essential travelers, you know, medical personnel, education, uh, uh, truck drivers, unvaccinated unvaccinated. About a million people are crossing uh, land ports of entry between the United States and Canada every day. One million people at 120 land ports of entry. So this this, this, this discombobulated uh, uh, policy as it relates to uh, air versus land just makes no sense and there's no scientific rationale to support a, a policy that is so convoluted. Now, you know, the other thing is, you know, we're, we're all trying to do our best to communicate in, in a clear way. And there's a lot of people out there that are just confused because they have been inundated with information from public health officials, and then they contradict that information a week later. And it's just, it, 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 it does a, a great disservice uh, to the people of this country and to our Canadian neighbors who I think, by and large, just want to do the right thing. And that's my, that was my next question. You know, you have a lot of people who are fully vaccinated. And I will start off by saying, obviously, what makes you feel safer, please do. Um, but you have a lot of people who are fully vaccinated who still feel that they need to wear a mask. But it's more because, 
you know, when vaccines first came out, the CDC said, even if you're fully vaccinated to wear a mask. And we, we obviously didn't know what we know now. Uh, but do you think the CDC could be a little clearer to those who have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated two weeks from their second dose? Uh, so the confusion's not there? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, at that's why I mentioned the, their website, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It couldn't be clearer. There is not, you know, they don't use uh, information that is opaque or, or nebulous. It is very, very clear. You're fully vaccinated after two weeks, no mask, no social distancing, no quarantine. And it is as clear as it can be. And, and keep in mind, you know, this, this messenger RNA, uh, it's the stuff that tells uh, the human cell uh, to make a protein, and that protein is spike protein. The spike protein is the active ingredient in the vaccine. So if the vaccine triggers an immune response uh, that neutralizes or kills the virus before it can invade a cell, no cell entry, no disease, no harm. And I think that the CDC needs to communicate that in a much more forceful and clear way without contradiction. And I will just uh, throw out there, you know, after I was vaccinated, I was at the time unknowingly, obviously, uh, in a house that uh, a couple people had COVID-19 and it spread. And I was fortunate being fully vaccinated that I did not uh, I did not contract uh, COVID-19. So these vaccines do work. I just want to throw that out there. Congressman Higgins, speaking of COVID-19. Is there an active federal investigation into where COVID-19 came from? Uh, there is, and there should be. Uh, they should uh, investigate fully in every lead. That's what an investigation is all about. When there's no clear conclusion as to the origin, then all you know theories about where it originated from should be pursued. So whether it's a leak from a laboratory or whether it's a, a bat that infected a, a, you know a, a, another animal that, that thus infected a human being. Uh, we need to know the origin of that because then and only then can we stop this from occurring again. So every every lead needs to be pursued, and that's what I support. Where, you know, a year ago, we kind of, you know, the lab leak was banned, not a year ago, a month ago, was banned from Facebook. It was, you know, we were being told by numerous people, this was not a lab leak, that's that's a conspiracy theory. What Was there a change in information? What made it from a, quote, conspiracy theory to something that's now actively being investigated? Because it's plausible. I mean, you know, China is not our, our ally. And uh, I think that uh, you should assume that uh, every uh, conceivable uh, source of this virus you know, needs to be fully investigated. So whether you support it or not is, 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 is really not important at this point. What we need are <clears throat> fact-based conclusions about the origins of the disease, and only then can we uh, combat it from happening again. Because, you know, the, 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 the reason why, uh, you know, the COVID-19 is called uh, SARS-CoV-2, because there was a SARS-CoV-1, and there will probably be a SARS-CoV-3, 4, and 5. The coronavirus, you know, is with us, and it's going to be with us for a long time. The question is, um, you know, toward the goal of trying to eradicate it, we can manage it effectively. And I think given the 95% reduction in COVID deaths from yesterday uh, to a year ago yesterday, that is an incredible accomplishment. You know, keep in mind the United States, April last year, we lost uh, 22 million jobs. Uh, the unemployment rate was 
almost 15%. Today, the United States economy is the world leader in coming out of the global pandemic. We're anticipating, based on Standard & Poor's estimates, of seeing 6.5% growth. The last time the U.S. economy grew by 6.5%, was in 1960. So I think we have a strong basis from which to come out of this, but we need to recognize, you know, the science, the facts, and the data and celebrate. Uh, you know, even you, you look at the, the, the CDC website again, it's very explicit. It basically says that if you're fully vaccinated, you can go back to your pre-pandemic activities. And uh, I think that's something that, again, needs to be recognized, it needs to be celebrated, it needs to be underscored. And uh, concurrently, all of those things about the origins of the coronavirus, uh, they need to be explored fully so that the American people will have uh, a good fact-based conclusion. And maybe you can't reach uh, a, a definitive conclusion. Uh, and if that's the case, then you say it. And then you know people will believe what they believe. But there is a, a scientific basis for all of this. And science, unlike political science, is an exact science. It typically tries to test theories toward the goal of drawing uh, fact-based uh, c- conclusions. Congressman Higgins, the president was overseas for the G7 summit. Uh, I just want your opinion on the uh, the week's events. Yeah, I mean, I've been part of diplomatic missions, and it's typically to lay a basis from which to have a future conversation. Uh, I think, you know, the president is saying the right things about China. But, you know, truthfully, Joe, uh, Americans have to be harder on ourselves about China. And what China is doing and and the United States has not been doing over the past 20 years is investing in the growth of their own economy. You know, 30 years ago, trade was about toys and T-shirts. Now it's about technology. It's about 5G. It's about electric vehicles. It's it's about pharmaceuticals. And that's a stronger, more robust competition. So, you know, when you spend a lot of money in in wars that don't produce jobs and, and kill our soldiers and you're not doing the kinds of things that can make uh, America's economy more stronger and more resilient, then, you know, there's an introspection that has to occur there. So uh, I think it's about the future relationships uh, that he, the president, engage with. And, you know, you need diplomacy with your friends, but you also need them with your need diplomacy with your enemies as well, because there's a geopolitical uh, objective or strategy that takes place there. And with uh, in relation to the Skyway, you know, we, we had a, a talks back and forth on the, the Skyway needs to come down. And I just want a clarification. You are still in favor of the Skyway eventually coming down, correct? I am. Yes. But but here's what happened. You, you had a situation and people were right. You know, look, I oppose the 30 million dollars in improvements that were made to the Skyway three years ago, because that's the only alternative you had. I mean, where. Bridges should be replaced, sometimes they're repaired. So people say, well, wait a minute, just put $30 million in it. That is very, very logical. I get that. I understand that. But the Skyway was a systemic change that will include a lot of access improvements, both for pedestrians and bicyclists from Tiff Street, from, from Louisiana Street. And those are the parts that we can build out. And then we can go back and review the Skyway when the changes, the improvements that have been made, you know, they, they will have reached their, their useful life uh, 10 or 15 years. Congressman Brian Higgins, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks for joining me.
Thanks very much for having me. That is Congressman Brian Higgins joining us. When we come back, we are talking to two of the three mayoral candidates. We spoke with Mayor Byron Brown at the top of the show. If you missed any of that, it's available on demand at WBEN.com. When we come back, we'll be speaking with LaCandice Durham. She is running in the primary, which, by the way, the last day of early voting is today. Uh, You have till 6 o'clock. And then Tuesday, polls are open. So if you like to wait until primary day, as I would If I was a member of a party that had a primary going on, I would be voting on Tuesday. Uh, But if, you know, you're you're awake today, you're not sure what's going to be going on Tuesday, uh, you have till 6 o'clock today to cast those votes. We spoke with all of the sheriff candidates last week and the week before. That's available on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. And as I mentioned, we are speaking with... Um, All three mayoral candidates, but we did have Congressman Brian Higgins in the middle there, and that was because of scheduling uh, with the other two candidates. So when we come back, that is who we are speaking to. If you have a question that you think I should ask the candidates, uh, you can text those in 803-0930. That is the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, So if there's a question that you think, Joe, I think you need to ask this, and I don't think you thought of it, uh, you can text that question in, and I will make sure to ask it of the candidates. It is hardline. We have news with Alan Harris coming up after this break. And then, as I mentioned, we will speak. We'll, we will be speaking with LaCandace Durham in India Walton. It is Hardline with Joe Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 